Welcome back, everyone, to the Football MD Podcast. We always appreciate you guys stopping in. As always, it's Dan Ronan here with my co-host, Mike Bowling. And today we have an awesome episode for you all about this past week. We're going to recap game by game all the relevant and fantasy relevant information you guys need going on for the rest of the season. Before we do that, you know I got to do the quick shout out to our social media pages, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Get on there at Football MD Pod. We got so much quality content on there. We've been nailing waiver ads and matchup starts and sits. So if you guys are paying attention to that, that can greatly benefit you. And if you don't have time to sit and listen to the podcast, that is a quick way to get that information real fast. So remember to stop in there and also at our website at footballmdpodcast.com. That being said, we'll get right into the episode. Starting with our first game of the week, we have the Oakland Raiders falling to the San Francisco 49ers 3-34. to On the Raiders side of the ball, there's really no one that you can trust going forward. Derek Carr looks brutal, averaging 185 passing yards per game over his last three games. Doug Martin carried the ball 11 times for just 49 yards, and Jalen Richard caught all four of his targets, but for just 45 yards. And even Jared Cook, he caught both of his targets for 20 yards. There was just no production coming from this offense. They couldn't get it done against one of the worst defenses in the NFL right now, so it's an avoid for me going forward. Couldn't agree more, Mike. On the other side of the ball, with all the injuries, it's going to be hard for the 49ers to get any real momentum going. George Kittle seems to be matchup and quarterback proof. You can play him no matter what. He should be playing him no matter what. But besides that, that offense makes you really nervous. And there's not one player that I'd say you could rely on week in and week out. Maybe Matt Breida. When he's healthy. But that's the the only other exception besides Kittle. The only thing I will say is, I wouldn't read into Mullins' huge day against the Raiders. It was against the worst defense in the NFL. But neither of those teams are very exciting from a fantasy perspective. So we'll move on to the next game between the Steelers and the Ravens. Pittsburgh taking it on the road 23-16. to And obviously the Steelers are a much more, fr- much more fantasy-friendly team. Ben Roethlisberger has been money on the road. And that goes against everything everybody would say against him his whole career is that he had terrible road games. Well, this year, you know, he's just killing it every week. That offense is strong. He's doing exactly what he should be doing. It's going to be interesting to see. We don't even really want to bring it up, but obviously the Le'Veon Bell deadline is nearing. He has to show up before Tuesday next week. And we're almost positive that he's going to show. He tweeted out, goodbye Miami. He needs to show up where he can be franchise standing. He actually tweeted out, farewell Miami, and he spelt farewell wrong. And no, <laughs> no one's talking about this. He spelt it F-A-I-R-Well. I was like, that's that's incorrect, but whatever. Yeah. Nice of you to bring that up, Mike. <laughs> that's that's what our listeners want to hear. About grammar. Grammar mistakes. Grammar police caught. over here. <laughs> anyway, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds, but we're not going to talk too much about it because we're kind of sick of hearing about it should just be James Conner in that offense. And it's going to be sad if uh, Le'Veon Bell does just come in and grab that job. That's not really fair to a guy that I'm a huge fan of. He's been carrying a couple of my fantasy teams this year, and that's James Conner. But this offense continues to roll and continue to rely on your studs in that offense. And then on the other side of the ball, the Baltimore Ravens offense really just could not get anything going. Joe Flacco had just over 200 yards, zero touchdowns. Alex Collins, he did get the goal line touchdown that they took 
Buck Allen out of the game four. So you definitely like to see that. It was the other way around at the start of the season. And Michael Crabtree and John Brown combined for just six catches for 49 yards. Definitely disappointing there. I do have some optimism for them going forward. Just a down week. And the other pass catching option that I really want to discuss is Willie Sneed. He had seven catches for 58 yards. And he now has 10 plus PPR points in seven of the Ravens nine games this season. He should be added in so many more leagues. He was one of our top waiver wire ads for this week on our Instagram page. I know he doesn't have a crazy high ceiling. He's not going to win you your week, but he does have a very high floor. He's on pace for 120 targets, and he's more than a safe bi-week fill-in at this point in the season. And I do want to note that the Ravens do go on bye this week in week 10, so hopefully they can get that offense back on track for week 11. And now we'll hop right into our next game of the week, the Detroit Lions falling to the Minnesota Vikings 9-24, and the Lions' whole offense looked brutal. I know a lot of people were wondering what the passing game was going to look like with the departure of Golden Tate, and I'm really not ready to make a definitive call on that with Matthew Stafford. He was sacked 10 times. So it's hard to assess how this wide receiver core is going to break down when your quarterback is under pressure like that the entire game. But what I will say about Kenny Galladay is I do have some concerns over him going forward. He now has just six receptions for 95 yards and zero touchdowns over their last three games. And now this week they go into Chicago, then they're home to the Carolina Panthers, and then they're home to the Chicago Bears again over the next three weeks. So those are three matchups. While playing the Panthers at home, it might not be the scariest matchup. They're definitely not ideal. And I do have some concerns for this offense going forward. In the run game, Carrion Johnson had 12 carries for just 37 yards, and he still had five targets, which is nice, but Theo Riddick, he caught seven of his eight targets for 36 yards. So I think more than Riddick being someone that you're going to want to start every week, I do think that he will cut into Carrion Johnson's value in the long run, although I still think Carrion Johnson is a pretty solid running back two going forward. And that's really all I have for the Lions. Hopefully they can get back on track once they are more acclimated to Golden Tate not being there. And on the other side of the ball, obviously a great game for the Minnesota Vikings, but not so much from a fantasy perspective because the defense largely took care of the day. 10 sacks, two touchdowns they accounted for. So it really wasn't on Kirk Cousins and the offense to score points and to really be the difference maker on the day. But we are obviously expecting that to not really be the case week in and week out. You're going to count on this offense. They are high-powered. The first thing I would like to address is obviously heartbroken by Thielen not getting the 100-yard game streak record. He tied Calvin Johnson's eight straight games with 100 yards receiving. And the other note is the much-anticipated Dalvin Cook's return. Now, the stat line is heavily in his favor. 10 carries, 89 yards to Latavius Murray's 10 carries, 31 yards, and the touchdown. You might see that and think that Dalvin Cook was the much better running back on the day, but he did have a long carry of 70 yards that was set up by some great blocking. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take away anything away from Dalvin Cook, but Latavius Murray was not any worse than Dalvin Cook was by any stretch of the means. And if this continues as a time split, a committee, you can expect them to alternate games of production or be limited in a single game neither of them will score too high because neither of which is really playing better than the other right now Dalvin Cook I do think is the more talented player but right now it's just not coming to fruition besides the 70 yard touchdown run Dalvin Cook would have averaged less yards per carry than Latavius Murray and I'm not saying that he's not better than Latavius Murray because I think he is but all I'm saying is let's wait another week or two before we count him as the RB1 that I expected him to be this season And we'll move right on to the most boring game of the week that had no offensive touchdowns. 
That was the Jets losing to the Dolphins 6-13. The New York Jets did not score a single touchdown. And the only thing worth mentioning really is the Isaiah Crowell, Elijah McGuire's committee. And it seems like it'll be just that, that Isaiah Crowell will never get the full workload. McGuire stepped right in, carried the ball seven times, and had four targets, which he caught three of for 40 yards. And in the passing game, Herndon, the tight end, caught all four of his targets for 62 yards. With a touchdown or 60 yards in the past four games, he's obviously entering streaming territory. They're getting him involved, and he's playing pretty well, especially in the red zone. And Quincy Anuna returned, and he only had three receptions for 40 yards, but he looked good on the field. So keep in mind going forward, he was a vital part of this offense before he got injured, and it looks like they're easing him back into the offense. But when he gets back fully, he'll probably resume that uh, lead wide receiver role that he had for the Jets. And then on the Dolphins' side of the ball, the only players that I want to discuss here are Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. Drake got just three carries to Frank Gore's 20 carries. I cannot believe that he got 20 carries in this game. Kenyon Drake still got six targets, but he's really just a touchdown dependent running back two on the wrong side of a committee at this point. He's just going to have games like this with the way that Frank Gore is being involved. And Drake, he now has six carries or less in five of the last seven games on the season. So I... Definitely could not trust him with confidence in any of my lineups, especially come fantasy playoffs. If he puts up another performance like this, that could be the end of your season right there. So hard to trust Kenyon Drake going forward. And in our next matchup, I am so happy to say that the Atlanta Falcons defeated the Washington Redskins 38-14. to And on the Falcon side of the ball, the offense is humming. Matt Ryan throwing for 350 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. That looked like a miscommunication between him and the wide receiver. In the run game, Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith did very well against what was supposed to be a very stout defense. Ito Smith had 10 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. He's been scoring a lot lately, so he's definitely in flex consideration with Tevin Coleman as the starter and as long as Devonta Freeman is on IR. And Tevin Coleman did have a career type of day. Only 13 carries for 88 yards, but he did add five receptions on seven targets for another 68 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Obviously... The big news of the weekend, Julio Jones finally gets his touchdown. And Calvin Ridley, off of a couple bad weeks leading into the bye week, he was dealing with some injuries. It seemed like he got a little bit healthier. He had nine targets, caught six of them for 71 yards, and a burner that he streaked up the middle of the field for a touchdown. So if he continues to play as well as he was in the beginning of the season, easy wide receiver too. And then on the Redskins side of the ball, this is really just a throwaway game for that offense. Alex Smith, he threw the ball 46 times, which is definitely not what they want to do. The run game also couldn't get anything going. AP had nine carries for just 17 yards. And wide receiver Maurice Harris, he led the team in targets with 12, receptions with 10, and yards with 124. And he is somewhat interesting, especially in deeper leagues with Paul Richardson now on IR. There's no other pass catchers on this offense that are playing well enough to garner significant targets. So I think Maurice Harris should definitely be on your radar. And this offense has a chance to turn it around next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in our next matchup of the week, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cleveland Browns 37-21. to And on the Chiefs side of the ball, everyone got it this week. Spencer Ware got it. There's nothing that happened for this team that you guys don't already know. You're going to continue firing these guys up. But we do want to talk about the Browns side of the ball. And I want to start here with Duke Johnson, who had just one carry, but he ran a season-high 26 routes. He played 31 snaps to 37 for Nick Chubb. He caught all nine of his targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. He actually led the team in targets, catches, and yards. So I think he should have been the top 
waiver wire ad at the running back position this week. And especially since they're playing the Falcons this coming week, who have allowed a league high 8.5 catches to opposing running backs per game this season. So I think Duke Johnson is going to have a great matchup this week. And while those two touchdowns, those are a little fluky, those aren't going to be there, and he's not going to catch all nine of his targets. Dan's looking at me right now. Yeah, ask the Washington Redskins <laughs> running backs how good that matchup was last week. If Chris Thompson played, no. Yeah, get the hell out of here. But no, of course, Duke Johnson, he's not going to get two touchdowns every week. He's not going to catch all nine of his targets every week, but he should be a very safe option going forward. And in PPR formats, he could be a top 15 guy, honestly. I see what you mean. And for me as a Nick Chubb lover, Duke Johnson did make me a little nervous. Now, the one thing I will point out about Duke Johnson is he does play out of the slot sometimes. He winds up lines up as a wide receiver. So keep in mind that these are two players that can be on the field at the same time. One's player opportunity doesn't necessarily take away the others. It does seem like they're going to continue to use Duke Johnson solely in the passing game, and Nick Chubb's going to get the, the rushing attempts. He had 22 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. Last week, he had 18 carries. He's going to be heavily involved because that is what the Cleveland Browns want to do. The only thing that I will say is he will never be a rock-solid RB1. And here's why. Yes, he's getting a ton of opportunity. And yes, he is a very talented player who can do very well with that opportunity. The problem is that this is still the Cleveland Browns. They are not a dynamic football team. They are struggling. They have some dynamic players, but they are not a dynamic football team just yet. And then the only other guys of note here, Jarvis Landry, he caught six of seven for 50 yards. And I have some concerns over him going forward. He really looks like he did when he was on the Miami Dolphins. I don't think he's a true wide receiver one for a team. Of course, he's going to get the targets and he has great hands, so he's going to bring those down. But he's not someone that's going to be lighting up the box score week in and week out. And he's been fairly inefficient with his targets. And I know that that's not all of his fault with the way that the Browns offense has been running. But I definitely don't feel great about what I've seen from him so far. And then you have David Njoku. He caught four or five targets for 53 yards. I did expect a little bit more in this matchup, but I'll I'll take that after a zero-point game last week, so I'm continuing to have confidence in Njoku going forward. And now we'll hop right into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers falling to the Carolina Panthers 28-42. to This game was 35-7 to going into halftime, and then Fitzmagic came out. 243 yards, four touchdowns, and ran for another 23 yards. He's already been announced as the starter for Week 10. I'm not sure how long that lasts, but as long as he is the starter on a high-powered offense, you're going to continue to roll with him. Mike Evans, definitely disappointing in this one. He caught just one of his 10 targets for 16 yards. I really don't know what was going on there, but not something I'm going to be overly concerned about going forward. You're going to continue to start him. Then you have Deshaun Jackson. His snap counts have declined in each of the last three weeks. He's currently fourth on the team in wide receiver snaps. Again, the upside is still there, but he's just a boomer bust guy at this point. And then the other guy I want to talk about here is Adam Humphreys. He caught eight of eight targets for 82 yards and two touchdowns. He's now had 27 targets over the last three games, 75 or more receiving yards in three of the last four. His involvement is solid. I know those touchdowns are a little fluky, but he does provide you with a very decent floor, although that upside isn't going to be there week in and week out. And then the tight end, O.J. Howard, he's going to be great going forward. He caught four of six for 53 yards and two touchdowns. That's as solid as you can get at the tight end position, and I expect that to continue. And on the other side of the ball for the Carolina Panthers, it was a big rushing day for them with 179 yards total on the ground. But Cam Newton still had a good get, good day throwing the ball, 247 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The D.J. Moore hype seemed to not really pay off too much this week. And we would temper expectations going forward. He only received two targets, and he did get one carry for 32 yards, but 
I wouldn't rely on that week in and week out. The two targets for a guy who we thought was really emerging is not going to cut it. The guy who is back for the Carolina Panthers, though, is Greg Olson. Six receptions on six targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He has a touchdown in his last three games. So he is as consistent as any player at the tight end position. He's Greg Olson, and he's back, baby. So fire him up in your lineup. And we'll hop right into our next game of the week, the Chicago Bears beating the Buffalo Bills 41-9. Mitch Trubisky, he came back down to earth, 135 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's to be expected as he clearly did not have to do much with the Bears ahead early. In the run game, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Cohen has really just been a victim of game script over the last two weeks. The Bears do have a much more competitive schedule coming up, which should favor Tariq Cohen. So I think he is a buy low if you can. Where on the other side of that, Jordan Howard, he really lets you down if he doesn't score a touchdown. I know he had two touchdowns this past week, but he's a sell high if you can off of these uh, last two weeks that we've seen from him. And then in the passing game, Taylor Gabriel, he left the game late with a knee injury. Not quite sure on the details of that yet, but one name to note, Anthony Miller. He's now seen seven, seven, and six targets over the last three weeks. He hasn't put up huge numbers, but someone to keep your eye on in deeper PPR leagues for sure. And I'm going to do the Bills like we did the Kansas City Chiefs earlier, but for the exact opposite reason. Kansas City Chiefs rolling, no need to talk about them. The Buffalo Bills, you want to completely avoid them, no reason to talk about them. We'll just move right on to the next game. I will say LaShawn McCoy can probably be dropped. He has 24 carries for 24 yards over the last three games and zero touchdowns on the season. So you can probably free up a roster spot there if you'd like. And now for our next game of the week, we have the Houston Texans beating the Denver Broncos 19-17. to As far as the run game goes, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. Blue saw three more carries than Miller this week, but wasn't any more productive with them. I know Deonta Foreman, he could be available as early as week 11, which really just makes the backfield even more messy. I'm not overly confident in any of these guys going forward. And for the passing game, the big performance to note here is Demarius Thomas. He looked awesome in the first quarter. He had three catches for 61 yards, but he also ended the game with three catches for 61 yards. So the Texans are going on by this week. They'll not have two weeks to get Demarius Thomas more acclimated into the offense. So I do think that better days should be ahead. He's in that wide receiver three range for me going forward. And on the other side of the ball for the Denver Broncos, a tough week against a tough defense this week. And honestly, Things are looking down for the Denver Broncos at 3-6, and six, but they are a scrappy team, a team that's going to fight, and they do have some interesting players. Obviously, Phillip Lindsay was not as productive as he has been in the past couple weeks, but like I said, it was a tough defense, tough matchup, and he's still heavily involved with 17 carries and three targets, so over 20 opportunities for him this week. The really one thing that we got to mention in the very slim tight end position, I'm going to butcher it. I know I'm going to butcher it. Hewerman. That's how I would say it. Hewerman. 10 receptions on 11 targets, 83 yards, a touchdown. Listen, guys, we talk about how god-awful the tight end position is all the time. Anybody who can possibly see 10-plus targets at that position is absolutely not only worth an ad, but worth a consideration in your lineup. Obviously, it hasn't been week in and week out. But if it continues to trend in his direction, make sure you're adding him. Make sure you're getting him into your lineup. And now for our next game of the week, we have the LA Chargers beating the Seattle Seahawks 25-17. to Not really much to talk about here. Keenan Allen had a huge day. Six receptions, 124 yards on 10 targets. He still hasn't scored since week one, but this was definitely a promising performance. He came on big time in the second half of last season. I'm really hoping he does that again this year. And fellow wide receiver Tyrell Williams has now scored touchdowns in three straight games. He still has yet to see more than five targets in a single game this season. He's really just relying on the big play or a touchdown. But if you need some upside in your lineup on any given week, he could be a great option to slide in there. 
And on the other side of the ball for the Seattle Seahawks, falling short to the Los Angeles Chargers is no surprise. The Seahawks are better than expected this year, but the Chargers are red hot. And Russell Wilson had an okay day with 235 yards, two touchdowns, one interception though. And right when you thought you understood the ground game was going towards Chris Carson. Of course, Mike Davis gets 15 carries today. Chris Carson did eventually get sustained an injury, but Davis was already heavy heavily involved before that so it wasn't like Carson came out and Davis came in in relief he was just being used more heavily in this game so if that tells you anything it means avoid this backfield unless you absolutely have to you don't know who is it going to be week in and week out in the passing game nice to see Doug Baldwin catch 404 targets 477 yards upsetting to see Moore who's been hot lately have seven targets but only catch two of them for 16, and he dropped a touchdown pass. So guy who's been trending in the right direction ends up taking a step backwards. It'll be interesting to see whether he continues to progress or he falls short a little bit and he starts to regress. The guy I would like to keep an eye on going forward in the passing game is Nick Vanette, though. And that is because, again, we'll talk about how ugly the tight end position is. He received eight targets. He caught six of them for 52 yards. In PPR, that's 11 points from your tight end. That's solid. And on eight targets, eight targets is a good amount of targets for the tight end position. He hasn't been receiving that week in and week out, so I wouldn't immediately throw him into your lineup, but maybe worth picking up and keeping an eye on him going forward. And now we'll hop into one of the most exciting games from this past week, but still really not too much to talk about from a fantasy perspective. The LA Rams finally lost to the New Orleans Saints 35-45. to And on the Rams side of the ball, again, from a fantasy perspective, you're going to keep on firing these guys up. Cooper Cup did make his return this week, and he looked great. He caught five of six targets for 89 yards and a touchdown. I'm happy they didn't rush him back. He could have played last week, but they held him out, let him get healthy, and he looks like he's right back where we left off with him. But, of course, everyone else on this offense, you're going to keep starting them like you normally would. And the same goes for the Saints side of the ball. It was a disappointing week for Mark Ingram, who rushed for 33 yards on nine carries, but this was to be expected. It's going to happen. You know, he is predominantly being used as the interior rusher, and you had an Aaron Donald and Adama Kung Su. It wasn't the greatest matchup for him to begin with, and it led to not really too much production. But they got the production elsewhere through Alvin Kamara, through Michael Thomas with 12 receptions and 211 yards and a touchdown. This offense is just humming. And now we'll hop into what was the most hyped game of the week, the Green Bay Packers falling to the New England Patriots 17-31. to And on the Packers side of the ball, Aaron Jones, he was the clear-cut starter in the run game. He really wasn't super productive in this one. He had 14 carries for 76 yards on the ground. I know he had that uncharacteristic fumble, but he also missed a short touchdown on a goal line carry, which would have really changed his stat line for the day. And I'm just encouraged with his overall usage. He's had tough matchups on the road to the Rams and the Patriots in back-to-back weeks. He now gets the Dolphins at home in Week 10, so I'm super confident confident on him going forward. As far as the passing game goes, Geronimo Allison, he's likely to undergo surgery and miss significant time. And Randall Cobb, he was still banged up and wasn't too productive in this matchup. And under those circumstances, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, he looked great on the field. He caught three of six targets for 101 yards, and he seems to have the trust of Aaron Rodgers. I still don't know if you can trust him in your lineup every week, as when all of these guys are healthy and active, you really can't trust any one of them. Outside of Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham, they're the only two pass-catching options that I think you can really trust on any given week but MVS is definitely on the radar and on the Patriots side of the ball this is offense that's humming Tom Brady is lighting it up right now so 
continue to start Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and James White in the in the passing game. But two quick notes. First, Cordell Patterson, you know, he's been productive. It's hard to tell. Belichick is the type of player, like he'll use you, and then Sony Michelle come back from injury, he'll completely phase you out the next week if you know if he has the guys that he wants and he wants to use Sony Michelle. So Cordell Patterson, we don't know what type of role he's gonna have going forward with Sony Michelle returning next week. But keep an eye on him, and he's got dual elig- eligibility on ESPN.com, which is huge. So that's why we think you should keep an eye on him going forward, especially if either of those backs, James White or Sony Michelle, miss any more time. And then, of course, Sony Michelle, just want to say, he warmed up for this game, and they held him out, which is nice. We like the precautionary move, but that just pretty much tells me that this week, upcoming week, he'll probably be a go. He'll probably be ready to play. And the last thing of note for the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, I know he was held out in this one. And I'm a little concerned about him in Week 10. The Patriots do go on by in Week 11. So they're a team that has the future in mind. They're in that playoff hunt. So I wouldn't be surprised if they hold Gronk out for another week. So just make sure you get a backup plan in place going into your matchups this week. And now we'll move into our final game of the week. Monday night, the Tennessee Titans beating the Dallas Cowboys 28-14. And Marcus Mariota looked much better than he has as of late. He had 240 yards, two touchdowns in the run game. Deion Lewis had 19 carries for 62 yards. He caught four of four targets for 60 yards and a touchdown and outsnapped Derrick Henry 59 to 14. Lewis has now racked up 153 yards on 30 carries and caught all 10 of his targets over that same two-week span for another 124 yards and a touchdown. I think he is clearly the guy in this backfield going forward and I think he could be a solid option for your fantasy rosters here at the end of the fantasy season. And on the other side of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys, it was definitely a disappointing game at home. I caught me by surprise. I thought they would, they would be much better. Zeke had a disappointing day, 17 carries, 61 yards. For Dak, the day wasn't too bad with 243 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He immediately got Amari Cooper involved, which is nice to see. Five receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. So he was immediately the most targeted wide receiver on the team. Gallup followed with six targets. He caught three of them for 51 yards. So like I said, I do think that these are the two guys going forward in this passing game. That's what I would look for going forward. That's what I would expect. And there you have it, guys. That is our full recap of every game from week nine. We hope that we're able to provide some clarity on the situations that you guys are all going to be facing going into week 10 of NFL football. As always, if you guys have any more questions that you would like us to answer, feel free to reach out to us at footballmdpod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or head over to our website footballmdpodcast.com head over to the contact us section and send us an email we love to hear from you guys if you guys have not already done so make sure that you're dropping us a quick five-star review on whichever podcast streaming platform that you may be listening on and be on the lookout for episode 25 dropping later this week getting you ready with everything that you need to know for your week 10 fantasy matchups thank you guys for tuning in and see you later this week